Welcome into another edition of NBA Sound System. Carlin Gay alongside Micah Adams. Micah, what's up, my man? Dude, I am so jazzed to talk some 98 Bulls. I can't even contain myself. Can't contain yourself. I've never been more excited for for a documentary than, than Last Dance. That's true, and we'll get to your thoughts on that in a second. But first, we got to introduce the rest of our teammates. Alex Novick is also on the podcast. Alex, what's going on, my man? I'm ready to get nostalgic, talk some 90s, uh, and convince you guys that you're all wrong about the comparisons you're about to make to the 98 Bulls. <laughs> and last but not least, the biggest fan of the 90s, Mr. Scott Rafferty himself. Even I'm excited about this. I can't wait. I'm pumped for this. This is gonna be good. It's you all- don't even. You were barely alive in the nineties. <laughs> I was. I was like. I. I was alive for about two years. So you know, I, I caught a little bit of it. No, I, I was around long enough. I, I can appreciate it now. <laughs> You're the Detlef shrimp of this podcast. Oh, don't don't get Alex started. That's a great compliment. Yeah, that's that's a podcast that we're gonna have next week for you guys. The top fifteen players of the nineties. But on this episode, we're talking all about the ninety seven, ninety eight Bulls, the Last Dance Bulls, if you will. Documentary coming out this weekend. Uh, before we get into what we're actually gonna do on this podcast, what what's some thoughts? What are you looking forward to? The documentary's coming up. We, I actually haven't talked to you guys about it. What are you excited about it? Anyone? <laughs> I'm uh I'm pretty excited about the same thing I just said getting into the nostalgia again in the 90s uh, just reliving that era I think um, I've gotten a lot of knowledge on the on the 97 98 bulls over the last 23 years so I think my curiosity is a little satiated there so I'm not sure I think it's just more about getting back in that era for me that I'm excited about I'm ready for I'm like some them. I want like never just all the never uh, before scene told stories of like practices or plane rides or uh, scrimmages, some off season stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm so excited for all the behind the scenes aspects, the things that happened away from the cameras, away from the floor. Like that, that whole dynasty played out uh, away from the internet, Twitter, social media. Like so, it'll be fun to like relive that through the experience of sort of like. How, how we consume basketball today. I, that's what I'm excited for. Scott, we lived it. You, uh, you, as we said, are the youngest on this podcast, so it's going to be the first time hearing a lot of these stories uh, from that team. What are you looking forward to finding out about MJ and the Bulls? I'm actually more, uh, excited about kind of what Micah said, just learning some stuff that we didn't know before because I've, I've seen documentaries. I, I know the history of the league a little bit, not quite as much as you guys, but I can appreciate how dominant that team was, how incredible Jordan Pippen and everything was. So I'm just kind of excited to learn these new things. I think Jordan said in an interview this week that he's worried that people might not like him after this documentary because of some stuff that's in it. Uh, so, so I'm interested to see exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I, uh, I as well. I'm interested to see what he's talking about. I, and I want to know if we're going to start the LeBron uh, Jordan debate once again, or if that will be uh, dead in its tracks as it should have been much, much long ago. Uh, on this very podcast, we will be talking, as I said, about the 97, 98 Bulls. Our good friend, Mike Adams, wrote a piece on NBA.com. You can head over there right now and read it, uh, comparing some of the players from the 97-98 Bulls to current players in the NBA. And we thought, why not do it in podcast form? Uh, So we each have two players, which we have uh, been assigned, and we will assign players that represent those players from that 97-98 team to 
players currently playing in the NBA. So compare, contrast, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we'll go around and uh, see if we can come to some sort of consensus. And uh, There's a 0% chance we come to any consensus. Yeah, we, we won't. We definitely won't. It's, I don't think we've ever agreed on anything. <laughs> well, we're not about to start now. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, so before we get into that, uh, let's break down one of the rules that we have applied to this. The Jerry Krause card uh, is what we're going to call it. And we each have one. And it's essentially a trump card that will go out at any point during the podcast if there is any sort of staunch disagreement to a player comparison that one of the other members of this podcast makes. So if Alex makes a comparison to Michael Jordan that I absolutely disagree with, I'm coming down with the trump card, which is a Jerry Krause card, which we'll call it, uh, the GM, of course, of the Chicago Bulls. And I'll have to get an approval vote from the other two members, being Mike and Scott, to... Uh, to trump the comparison that Alex made. Does that make sense for everybody? That's ready to roll, baby. Alex. And you're going to give your own your own player in in replacement. Yes, yeah, it's not it's just part trumping. Of the card. Yeah, as, as part of the card, it's not just trumping, it's it's giving a replacement player as well. So, um, let's start with Alex Novik who is uh, the number 1 pick in this sort of in this sort of mock draft, so to speak, and you ended up with Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the floor is yours. Who is the comparison to uh, a player that is currently playing in the NBA right now? Okay, here we go. When I first uh, heard that I had Jordan, the guy that came to mind right away was Kawhi. But the more I thought about it, even though Kawhi's numbers are very similar to the 97, 98, 35-year-old version of Jordan. And, you know, his game is reminiscent. You know, his, his mid-range, his, his athleticism is probably what Michael's regressed to at that point in his career. Uh, and then he just won a title. Um, and then, of course, uh, there's LeBron, who, um, you know, we just talked about the debate between Jordan and LeBron. And personally, I never thought, LeBron had the killer instinct or savvy that Jordan had, so I, I wasn't going to go with him. Um, and I wanted to uh, to think a little out of the box here, and I went with Luca. Luca oh my is God. my guy, and I know, I know how that's going to sound. What twenty one year old Luca is Michael Jordan? I know, I know it's a little blasphemous to have a twenty one year old guy be compared to Michael Jordan. But remember, like I just said, it's the 35-year-old version of Michael Jordan who was not the same guy as he was earlier in his career. He was more of a scorer. He was less efficient. He wasn't as well-rounded of a player. Even his defense came back to earth a little bit. And especially in the finals where he was he was almost running out of gas there. He shot under 43%. He really wasn't doing anything outside of scoring and playing a little bit of defense. So I think it's not as crazy as it might sound. And, and I'll get to some num- – I'll let you guys – go crazy on me first and then I'm going to get some numbers I'm going to throw some numbers at you that's going to bring you to my side a little bit I feel like all three of us are chomping at the bit now but I don't want to go first because I got to calm down my blood pressure is too high (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm in the same boat the minute you mentioned the minute I heard L I didn't even hear the full name Luca if it it wasn't going to be Kawhi or even LeBron 
I, I I didn't I couldn't imagine that you would have picked Luka Doncic. So before we even start to go in and 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 you know body check each other to try and throw this Kraus Kraus card down, um, try and convince us that you're not insane. What, have you been drinking? What, what are you doing? What are you doing this current quarantine? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, way too much, way too much during this uh, last three weeks, but not right now, not right now. Um, so here's some here's some numbers for you, right off the bat, right off the bat, 21 year old Luca this year, and 35 year old Michael Jordan in 97, 98, both averaged exactly 28.7 points per game. Okay, I'm gonna cherry pick some more numbers for you. Uh, offensive rating for Luca 116. This year, for 35-year-old Jordan, 114. When you look at effective field goal percentage, which is which adjusts for a three being worth more than a two, Luca is way more effective than Jordan was in that year. That's a 53.1 effective field goal percentage for Luca, 47.3 for Jordan. Okay, Luca turned it over more. I'll give him that, uh, but his his assists and rebounding numbers were almost double. What Jordan had, um, and I just think I know it sounds crazy, but but of all the guys in the league right now, I think Luca has the combination of intellect, savvy, killer instinct, and just overall impact that he's going to have on winning um, pretty much more than anyone. And I would even say his ceiling is higher than what LeBron's ceiling in that department is. I think when all is said and done, Luca's going to win more titles than LeBron. He's got his Mavs team at forty and twenty-seven, about to win fifty games. All right, this Jordan is, didn't win. This, no, this is Jordan this, is already, this has already gone too long. <laughs> this has already gone too long. You you opened up your soliloquy by doing the whole like LeBron never had a killer instinct, and then five minutes later you're going to say that a twenty-one-year-old Luka Doncic that's never <laughs> played in a freaking playoff game is right there with Michael Jeffrey Jordan. With killer instinct and, and, and impact on winning and moxie. What are you doing? Jordan didn't have a winning season until his fourth year in the league when Pip, that happened to be Pippen's rookie year. Okay, Luca's got his Mavs team 40 and 27 with Kristaps struggling with a balking knee all season, and he's got no one else on that. He's got good role players, but no one else on the team that even approaches a, a, a reliable second option. He's got them at 40 and 27. Look at, look at Trey Young, who's got comparable numbers. They compare those guys all the time. His team's 20 and 47. Luca's got his team about to win 50 games with, with no one else really helping him the- out other than some role players. The fact that you're you're diving into a Luka Doncic and Trey Young comparison when we're talking about Michael <laughs> Jeffrey Jordan says all you need to know about how ludicrous you are, Scott. You I, gotta I got help us things. out here. Talk some sense I got a couple here, things. man. First of all, I like the way that you go on about the uh, the 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 killer instinct because uh, Luka's actually been one of the worst performing clutch players in the league this season. I wrote an article about a week and a half ago about how LeBron this was the worst clutch season of his career. The only person who was worse than him in those situations is Luca. The Mavs are 12 and 14 in games that have been decided within five points in the last five minutes, and he's shooting 32% from the field and 17 from three. So, first of all, there's that. And the second thing for me is that Luca is just a way better passer than Jordan was. And I think that's a huge part of his game that you can't ignore. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's. Listen, their games are completely different stylistically. I won't, I won't deny that. And Jordan, you know, Luca at his best is going to be an average defender at the peak of his defensive career. And so, you know, that whole aspect, Jordan is light years ahead, probably even in, in 97, 98. But I think that when you consider the overall impact that Luca has on the game and how he makes his teammates better and that he'll have 
on just winning in general. I think it's it's maybe not right now, but it's going to be comparable to Jordan uh, once he's at the peak. This guy's twenty years old and averaging thirty ten and ten. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to waste. He's the best twenty year old of all time. I, I don't agree, or no, I don't disagree with that. I think that's a that's an airtight uh, statement. I also look. I don't want to waste my Kraus card because I'm gonna when Scott or Carlin uses it here. I'm gonna agree with whatever it is they say. Yeah, yeah. I won't. I won't waste any more time. Like uh, it's Kraus card time. Boom. I, I'm I'll go right off the top. Get Luca out of here. You can name any. <laughs> we can name anybody else in the league. Hell, <laughs> let's pick. What's Michael Jordan's son's name? Uh, who, whatever, whatever child he has that, that barely made it to the uh, to the college ranks and played for Illinois for like a couple a couple of coffee. What was his name? Jeff. Is it Michael Junior? <laughs> yeah, Michael Junior. Whatever. We could put him instead. It's Kawhi Leonard, and it and it has to be Kawhi Leonard. I mean, their games look similar. You could you could put a split screen side by side. They look the same. Kawhi's fadeaway jump shot is reminiscent of Jordan. His run in the playoffs a season ago with the Toronto Raptors to win the NBA championship. I mean, brought comparisons to Michael Jordan. They both play great defense. They both have a defensive player of the year under their belt. I mean, Luka hasn't even played defense in his life. And we're talking about <laughs> comparing Luka to Michael Jordan. In And I agree. It's just one season. We're not comparing the body of work. Just the one season. But even that one season, Jordan was still an MVP. He still led the league. Or was he, Didn't he finish first in the league in scoring? Yeah, led the what league in scoring. Final scoring title. Led the league in scoring. Yeah, and don't bring up effective field goal percentage. That's not fair for Same for it at, at that 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 time. Like Jordan wasn't taking three pointers. That wasn't a part of his game. You can't compare the two eras. It's, it's completely different. So don't do that. Don't also don't compare the the scoring averages. The pace of the game is so much faster now. Don't do that. That's not fair to MJ's and his stats. Come on, don't do that to Michael Jeffrey Jordan and compare him to a twenty year old who who just. Probably had his first beer in the United States. Uh, maybe when he turned twenty-one a couple months ago. And like no, I, I said, think, no, I think Alex stole all that beer and drank February it all 28th. before we started recording this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just turned twenty-one February twenty-eighth. If you want to have a conversation of if Luca can be in, uh, you know, one of the top players of all time, that's different. But to compare him to Michael Jordan, even just for one year, is insane at this point of his career. It's not even close. Kawhi Leonard, Kraus Card, it's down. Give me my two votes so we can move on. Yeah, you got mine. Ding. Winner. Alex, I respect what you were doing and the way that you thought out of the box, because I don't think any of us saw that coming, but it's Kawhi. <laughs> All right. Micah. Hey, I knew, I knew it was going to happen, but you gave me Jordan, no, so it. you had to expect something crazy like that. Mix it up right it. off the bat. I respect it as well. Uh, Micah, you're next. We're going Ron Harper here. The great Ron Harper. Um, who, who's, who's the comparison for? All right. So there were a couple of guys that I, went, that I went through and considered here. And the three main guys that I looked at were Danny Green, Andre Godala, and Evan Turner. I'm basically looking for like a 6'5", 6'6", guy. Uh, a veteran, somebody that plays good defense, somebody that you can trust, somebody that's uh, did kind of playing a little bit out of position, but hey, next to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, uh, they'd be great. And look, Ron Harper was not quite uh, to the point of his career yet that uh, that Andre Iguodala is. I think Iguodala is a little bit beyond there, but he he's the pick. He's my guy. I, I think it would have made a lot more sense if it was like, 2016 version of Andre Iguodala, 
but I but I think he's the kind of the closest comparison. Pretty good ball handler, dependable, uh, really good defender, even if a little bit past his prime. Uh, so he's my guy. I'm going Iggy. I think I actually think that this current version of Iggy is probably even more spot on with Ron Harper. So I like that. I think um, like Iggy a few years ago was probably better than Ron Harper was in 97, 98 because he wasn't really he wasn't doing a whole lot besides defending and scoring nine points a game, and he wasn't he wasn't shooting. So I I, I agree with your comparison. I just, I think it's spot on with Iggy now. I actually had a couple other names come to mind for me for this comparison because I was I was thinking mainly point guards. Uh, so, so guys like Eric Bledsoe came to mind, Patrick Beverly, Avery Bradley, those kind of defensive-minded point guards. The one that I kind of stuck with, though, was DeJounte Murray. All right, sell me on DeJounte Murray. I just think, I mean, Ron Harper was a more of a mid-range scorer, right? Um, DeJounte Murray's never been known for his, his shooting ability, but he's taken a big step in that regard this season. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but he's made way more mid-range shots this season than he has before and we all know i think he was like the youngest player in nba history to make an all defensive team we know he's super versatile he's a guy who can guard both guard positions some forwards because of his length and height and i think that's kind of the same stuff that ron harper brought to that bulls team although as you were saying they were at very different stages of the career i think uh the only reason why i don't think you need to limit it to point guards i, I think that's a good comparison scott but but harper wasn't really playing the point guard role for that team. I mean, Pippen and Jordan were handling, handling the ball and distributing most of the time. So I don't think you necessarily need to limit it to point guards. Uh, if, if, if you are limited to point guards, one guy I had was, was Ricky Rubio, another bigger point guard like Harper, who's not a shooter, really. Distributor, good defender. Uh, I mean, Harper in his peak was way better than Rubio, but at that point in his career, it's a little similar. Yeah, go Scott. Go, uh, go. Learn you something a little about early '90s Ron Harper on he the Cavs nice. and Clippers. My man was a bucket. Yeah, he, he could do nice. it, man. The one, the hey, one. I did. Go ahead. I did my research. I, I watched my uh, 10, 15 minute little YouTube <laughs> documentary about early Ron Harper. So I'm, I'm good. I know Ron Harper was nice in the early years. Uh, the, the one name that, uh, if we didn't limit it to guys that are playing this season, that came to my mind immediately when I thought Ron Harper was Sean. Can Lewis. I guess? Yeah. That's Sean the Livingston good one. Was the, was, the, was the one that I was uh, I was leaning towards. So I have no beef with that comparison because, as you said, Iggy, I think I think most people might say that Iggy probably isn't the ball handler that Ron Harper was. Like Ron Harper, even though he didn't play point guard, he, his handle was good enough to play point guard. There's no chance that you see Andre Iguodala playing, uh, you know, the, the lead guard position for any stretch of a, of a game. Like he, he's his handle isn't just isn't that good, right? Like he, he he's a better he's. On par playmaker wise, can score. He's a better shooter, but the handle it might, might be the difference there. I believe two years ago he set the all time NBA record for assist to turnover ratio by a uh, by a forward. I know it's that's not. I mean that's not the same thing as having a ball on a yo yo, but like good playmaker, trustworthy, good enough. And I think like you're running the triangle. You never have you never need a, a traditional point guard running the triangle, right? So that's why I went with Iggy. But hey, great call on Livingston because if he was still playing, he's easily the guy and we we would it would have been a 30 second conversation. 100 percent So no beef there, no trump park there. Let's move on to Scott, who's up first with the worm. Dennis Rodman. 
this was a this was a pretty difficult one. So I came up, I basically came up with three different players that I think are kind of similar to him when you put them all together. Okay, I'm sure you guys are gonna love this. I'm gonna start at the bottom of the scale with Jordan Bell. Okay, because his versatility, versatility defensively, Mike, you're already shaking your head. I can see it. He's a versatile defender. All right, a guy who can defend multiple positions, but he plays the forward position, oh so I like that. Then you have Montrez Harrell, who's one of the best offensive rebounders in the league despite being undersized for a power forward slash center. So I like that. And then you have Draymond Green um, because of his ability to just do a little bit of everything, protect the rim, guard multiple, multiple positions, play center and power forward. But Draymond Green is a much better offensive player than Dennis Rodman. So that's kind of why, like, I didn't, I don't think any of those guys are really like Dennis Rodman because there's just not many undersized power forwards who live on offensive rebounding and defend multiple positions. So I think when you put all those guys together, you kind of get Dennis Rodman. Leave Tell it, me I'm wrong. Leave it to Scott to try and break the rules and live on the fence by building <laughs> the perfect player to match. Pick one. This isn't chopped. You don't get three ingredients out of a basket in, in, a, in a kitchen <laughs> with an hour to make an entree. You got one ingredient, one player. Pick. Will you please play by the rules one time? I, I'm playing by the rules. We talked about this before. You said we could bring multiple uh, options to the table. Yeah, yeah you got to pick, pick one. one. I'm going with Jordan Bell. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing? Can we, can we just, like, cut Scott out of the podcast? <laughs> the du- Wait, are you kidding me? We just compared <laughs> Luka Doncic to Michael Jordan for 20 minutes, and now you're upset with me? <laughs> the disrespect of Dennis Rodman. All right. As a guy who's the Hall of Famer, fun. one of the greatest defenders of all time, Scott's pick is Jordan Bell, who's – I don't have a trials uh, – a. Uh, uh, a card to trumpet anymore. So you guys want to want to trumpet and give a better example of who we could uh, replace Jordan Bell with? I'll give Scott credit. Rodman is a really tough one. I was thinking about it, and there's there's really not a player exactly like him today. I, I don't I don't think there is. Um, not many players play just for defense these days at all. Uh, and you know, Micah had Rodman at number twelve in his top fifteen players of the '90s. So to compare him to Jordan Bell, I think Micah's head might explode, but. One guy, and I don't really want to use my trump card, but I'm going to say the guy anyway. I thought of Andre Drummond because I he's a guy. Okay, well, there you go. We're on the same page. He's, he's a guy who's just on the rebounding level as Rodman. Um, you can put him in on D. He doesn't ever have to shoot. You don't really want him to shoot. He can just um, you know, clean up the glass and, and play his role. The only thing is he doesn't fit in that lineup because he's not playing next to, probably not playing power four next to Luke Longley, but. I don't know how how uh, you know how in the weeds you want to get with that. Yeah, i i had uh, I had Andre Drummond down as as one of the couple guys as well. And like, if you're just if you're just like, hey, give me the best rebounder in the league, and we'll figure it out. And all you do is grab rebounds and play defense and set screens. It's Andre Drummond, but he's also a, a seven footer, not a six seven power forward. I just can't get over the fact that Scott compared Jordan Bell. To somebody that was a two-time defensive player of the year, seven-time rebounding champion, eight-team all-defensive, five-time champ, and a Hall of Famer. You've got to be absolutely kidding me. I I do not want to use my cross card, but I'm going to use it because it's absolute blasphemy. And we cannot live in a world in which the worm Dennis Rodman is uh, stood in for by Jordan freaking Bell. So I'm going to use my cross card. I'm going to use it to trade Scott off of this podcast uh, for one of those cold beers that Alex has in his fridge over there. Uh, and we're going to sub in Draymond Green. 
Uh, Draymond is not the rebounder, obviously, that Dennis Rodman is, but I think he kind of gets at the same type of role that Rodman played. Uh, he's He would be kind of the... He, he would he would mesh perfectly with with Jordan and Pippen and, and the intensity. He would guard anybody, uh, no questions asked. Would do all the dirty work. So I, I think it's Draymond Green. I mean, I, I mentioned Draymond, so I don't feel too bad about this. Um, but you I will say, feel I mean, bad but, about it. I, I don't feel bad. But the thing is, like Draymond's not anywhere close to being the offensive rebounder that Dennis Rodman is, and he's also far superior offensively. That's why this is just so tricky. Because even like Andre Drummond, I agree with you. I thought about him just for offensive rebounding. But Drummond is not a very good defender. So then you're just eliminating that part completely. So that's why I came to Jordan Bell. Because I was like, you know what? He's a good offensive rebounder and he's a versatile defender. So he, he ticks both those boxes. You got to step away from the from the spreadsheets and watch some more basketball, my friend. <laughs> All right. Now, like, Carlin and Alex, listen, are you going with the Kraus I'll, card? I'll, I'll, I'll vote for Draymond Green. But I do want to defend Scott a little bit. Because Jordan Bell, like if you had to pick a player that you could transport into that era... The same size, skill set, it, it might actually be Jordan Bell. Like he, he's kind of spot on with that with that athleticism. He, he's Thank not he's, he's not Rodman. He, he wouldn't be as good anywhere near as good as Rodman. But it's like he's he kind of fits the just the prototype a little bit better. We're than not most doing guys this. Would, Knock it off. We're not doing this. I voted he's for Draymond Green. I voted for Draymond Green. Let's move on. I can't even believe we we've, we've brought up Jordan <laughs> Bell in this conversation. Period. All right, down to me. Uh, Billy Wellington is the guy. You guys killed me a little bit for not picking <laughs> Scott Burrell. Uh, so, so Bill Wellington is the guy. I, I, I as well had a tough time trying to find a comparison for a big seven foot lumbering center who would not be able to play in today's game, uh, especially especially one that has no real true skill. So you're gonna have to cut me a little bit of slack on this one, and I'm going with Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor, who is a guy who would be great for that time and is slowly phasing out of the league right now because his his skill set just doesn't fit what the NBA requires a big man to do in today's game. So Enos Cantor is the guy I'm going with in comparison for I, Bill Wellington. I love I love that your Canadian bias led you to pick Wennington as the eighth guy here. My man played 13 minutes total in the NBA Finals at three DNPs, but sure, he's the eighth man that we're going to sit here and talk about. Uh, yeah, whatever. I would have either gone 56 year old Bill Wennington for today. Um, I, I sure. That's fine. That's Anus so Cantor much disrespect. So much disrespect to Enos Cantor. I mean. Bill Wennington isn't worth the, the Kraus card, but Enos Cantor is, I mean, that dude gets 18 and 12 in his sleep. Bill Wennington, that'd probably be his career highs. I mean, that that dude wouldn't sniff a, a minute in the NBA today. Enos Cantor is like a solid player off the bench. That's that's a tough one. I personally had Thon Maker as my Bill Wennington guy because, uh, <laughs> I mean, w- Maker's probably going to be out of the league soon too, and their numbers actually match up really bizarrely close, both 12.7 rebounds per game uh, but I'm not going to use my trump card on Bill Wellington so <laughs> here's the thing I, I went through yeah I, you I know what through. I will I will say Ennis Cantor would definitely play over Jordan Bell so in our weird world Bill Wellington has taken Dennis <laughs> Rodman's spot in the lineup he wouldn't though don't do that he wouldn't um I, I was gonna say I when I went through this I kind of the top names were easy for me to come up with comparisons with then when it got to like the Bill Wenningtons went on to YouTube looked up some highlight reels and just wanted to, you know, watch them play for five minutes or so to see if anything stylistically jumped out. 
There is no highlight reel of Bill Weddington on YouTube. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, watch, you the one. watch the double nickel game, baby. He had the game winner. Okay, so one highlight. Um, so that's all I needed to know. I, I had no comparison for him here. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit this one out. If you want to say Ennis Cantor, I'm not gonna use my Kraus card either. <laughs> if you want to say Ennis Cantor, it's all you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm cool. It's Ennis Cantor. I know you, none of you guys are using your, your Kraus card, and I'm actually kind of happy Michael used his Kraus card earlier because my Tony Kukoc comparison is still I know on its way. Uh, Alex, back that's to why you. I'm mad at Alex that he didn't use it. He made me use it. <laughs> I'm uh, saving it. Back to you, Alex, with Luke Longley. Uh, speaking of guys who would not be able to play in the NBA today, Luke Longley, 7'3", Aussie. And as Scott found out today by watching those YouTube highlight clips, pretty good in the post. So who's the guy you're going with? So that was my first reaction, too, that what you just said, is that he is another guy who probably wouldn't play in the NBA today. But I was looking at it a little bit closer and did watch some highlights. He, he was pretty smooth. Like he had he had a jumper. He had a nice looking jumper. He could handle the ball even a little bit, and he had, you know, he could maneuver the ball around the basket and finish. He was and he's seven foot two, pretty decent rim protector. I, I think he would he wouldn't play more than fifteen minutes a game today, but I think he would probably play. Uh, and I thought about I thought about Aaron Baines. He got the uh, the regional tie there. I even thought about Thon Maker, but that was too much disrespect to Longley. I eventually settled on a guy who I think is absolutely perfect, um, definitely better than my uh, Luca comparison to Jordan, and it's uh, Robin Lopez. Um, Robin Lopez, you know, he was at his peak. Probably he's a better offensive rebounder, better a little bit better rim protecting than Longley. Longley is a little bit smoother offensively, but these guys almost had identical impacts on the game. I'll throw out some numbers real quick. Um, but in '97, '98, Luca Longley's career to that point. He averaged 22 minutes per game, 5.1 rebounds. Lopez, his career to this point, 22 minutes per game, 5.1 rebounds. Both guys, seven shot attempts per game, 1.2 blocks for Lopez, 1.1 blocks for Longley. And uh, Lopez scores a little bit more, but that's more of a, a factor of how today's game is played. But I think those guys are pretty much identical impact at that point. And Lopez... Actually had his career high scoring with the Bulls two years ago in 2017-18. And Longley had his career high scoring in 97-98 at 11, over 11 points per game. So prove me wrong on that. I, I actually have nothing. When you, when you said this originally, I thought you were going to uh, throw another curveball. And the one name that came to mind without me looking it up while you were talking was Boban for some reason. I thought you were going to say Boban and we were going to have to have an argument there but i'm cool with robin lopez uh as you said robin lopez is probably a, maybe a more versatile scorer because surprisingly he actually takes threes uh and longley just didn't take him back then because the game didn't require it but maybe now he i mean he had a touch so maybe now he'd be shooting shooting threes hell if if our guy stevie adams is launching them why not look true i did not have splash brother steve i i agree though i think uh i think you hit the nail on the head i think robin lopez is great I had Aaron Baines written down for a lot of the same reasons, like pretty smooth, the Aussie connection, kind of reliable. You throw him in there for 25 minutes a game, he'll bang with anyone. Another another name that came up, so uh, Longley ranked 19th uh, in win shares among centers in the 97-98 season. The 19th ranked center this season uh, in win shares. Another guy, pretty smooth, uh, would, would fit in pretty well, dependable, uh, was Robin Lopez's brother, Brooke. Who uh, I don't think I think Robin Robin Lopez is is the much better uh, 
the much better option here. Scott, you're just you're just pissed off that I got to Brooke Lopez before you did. <laughs> I love the way about every single podcast I'm on at this point, Brooke Lopez's name gets mentioned. It's great. Uh, no, that's wrong. Brooke Lopez is one of the best defensive players in the league and can uh, make threes. So I, I'm not I'm not buying that comparison. Uh, the the two names that I wrote down here are Steve Adams and Jonas Valanciunas. Do you guys not agree with either of those? I think JV. Adams is good. I think Adams is good. I think JV is probably probably a little bit more advanced offensively than than Luke Longley was, even at his peak. Yeah, that's fair. But, but Adams um, is fair. But I, I also really don't have any beef with Robin Lopez. I think that's that's a really good fit. And even if I had a trump card, I mean, it wouldn't even I wouldn't even dream about playing it at this point. I do like Boban too, though. That that would have been a, a decent one. He didn't even come to my mind. He doesn't really play. That that's much, a little bit. That's a little disrespectful to Longley, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about the guy with the best PR in the history of the game, right? In Boban. I mean, it, I, mean Bo- I bet they're pretty similar. Did he start yeah, if on you three put, finals teams? If you put Boban in the nineties, though, he'd he'd probably average like twenty five points a game. <laughs> Boban gonna. Boban going to sit there and uh, trade blows with Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, David Robinson. Those guys they want Alonso. nothing to do with Boban. You're they, making, don't, they don't want anything. You're making Boban out to be like George Mirasan here and Sean Bradley. Boban's a little bit more skilled than those guys. Like Boban, Boban's, and for his size, he's pretty athletic, as was Luke Longley. So uh, that's, 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 already, that's already more than enough Boban talk. So no, one, no one is, no one's disagreeing with the Robin Lopez. So we'll move back to Micah and a guy who uh, is... One of the best players in the 90s. We'll get to where each of us have ranked him in next week's podcast. But he's clearly the second best player on the Chicago Bulls team. Scottie Pippen is Batman's or Jordan's, uh, Jordan's Robin. Uh, who do you have for, for Scottie? So I actually think that this was, uh, well, maybe not as hard as, as Rodman. I think this was the second hardest one because I don't think that there's actually anyone. Um, I, I think that the closest is probably... Kawhi, but Kawhi is just a far superior offensive player. He's not half the playmaker that Pippen was, uh, but I do think like that's the level of player um, that Scotty was, right? Like first team, second team All NBA kind of guy flirting around there. And I think then when you start getting into the other guys that are most similar to Scotty, they, they are just not of the same pedigree. The two that I was looking at were were Paul George and Jimmy Butler. Uh, George, because he's a little bit uh, more of a wiry defender in the same ilk of Pippen. Butler, in the same sense that a little bit, a little bit of a better playmaker, passer than Paul George. Ultimately, I went with Paul George. Um, I was actually surprised to look. So even in the, in the era he played in, Scottie Pippen actually averaged exactly twice as many three-point attempts per game in 97-98 as Jimmy Butler is this season. Uh, which is kind of crazy. So uh, I'm going to go with Paul George, even though I don't necessarily think Paul George is is kind of on the same level as Pippen was. I agree with the Paul George take. I like that. Yeah, I agree with the Paul George take. Alex, do you have any other names that uh, would come to your mind other than Paul George? Well, I was thinking of using, going into this thought of using my trump card to say Kawhi, because I didn't think you were going to say Kawhi, but since we already used the trump card, to name Kawhi as Jordan, um, I'm obviously not going to use it. But I, I do think that Kawhi is the closest guy to Pippen. And I disagree, actually, that you say that Pippen, that Kawhi is a way better offensive player than, than Pippen. Because I think if you gave Pippen that 
green light like Kawhi has, he'd score just as much. Plus, you just named Paul George, who scores way more than Pippen did. So I, I disagree with that. But I think, I think Kawhi's the, the guy. I mean, does does it concern you at all that in the two years that he played without Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen didn't average more than twenty two points per game? Yeah, but that I mean, like Carl already said, different era. He wasn't. He didn't have the green lights. He was in the triangle system. I don't know. I'll say a bunch of other excuses, but he, he I think he had the talent to to do what Kawhi does offensively. If I will say where his game went. I was very tempted to pick Kawhi and just have a team with two different Kawhi Leonard's on it. <laughs> that would have been an ultimate Jerry Krause uh, GM move. I'm going to throw a name at you guys that I think is a, is a complete curveball because of one you know, glaring hole in his game. But I think that some of the tools that Pippen had, he has too. And that guy is Ben Simmons. If you take away the fact that he can't shoot the, at all outside of a certain area... I think a lot of the the things that make Scotty special, Ben Simmons has in his game. The size, the ability to defend, the playmaking. The shooting is the only thing that, I mean, you can't get out of your mind because you just can't do it. But if he was able to, I think he's as close to Scotty uh, as you know anybody else would be. That's a good one. I didn't even I like that. consider him. That's a good one. That didn't even cross my mind. I actually think I might like that more than uh, more than than Paul George. But I'm sticking with Paul George. Cool. So no no cross card on this one, Scott. It's back up to you, Steve Kerr. You've been waiting for this for a long time. Please don't say who I think you're going to say. I am not gonna say who you think I'm gonna say. Uh, this came down to two plays for me. I'm gonna say them both, but this time I actually have one that I'm confident in sticking with. The first one is Seth Curry. Um, he's a guy who came to mind for me a very good three point shooter but I do think that Seth Curry can do a little bit more with the ball in his hands than Steve Kerr could so the guy I am going with is uh, Matt Thomas from the Toronto Raptors <laughs> come on I'm glad, man I'm glad you guys agree <laughs> look Scott's so, just trying to so throw one, a dude, you're 97, 98 Bulls. Your your version of the Bulls would have lost the freaking <laughs> Bullets or Hornets in the first round. <laughs> hey, look. So so this is how I went about it. All right, I, I did think about the best three point shooters in the league right now, but I went into Basketball Reference uh, that season, the 97, 98 season. Collins losing it over there. I love it. Um, Steve Kerr over forty percent of his field goal attempts were threes, and he made over forty percent of them. So I plugged both those things into Basketball Reference. Got my list of players, and I went through the list. I don't think he's J.J. Redick. I don't think he's Joe Harris. I don't think he's Duncan Robinson. I don't think he's George Hill. So a guy like Matt Thomas, who is strictly a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, one of the best catch-and-shoot three-point shooters in the league this season, by the way. If you add in games played and, and 50 percent, 53s taken, which is a pretty low bar, only George Hill has made a high percentage of those. So I think it's Matt Thomas. Don't sleep on How Matt Thomas. How many minutes? How many minutes has Matt Thomas even played? Man, you should you should have stuck with Seth Curry because I think that is a completely spot on comparison. I actually was ready to use my trump card if you were going to say Kennard to say Seth Curry because first of all, the last three years Steph Curry leads the NBA in three point percentage. Sorry, Seth Curry leads the NBA in three point percentage at forty five point two percent. Steve Kerr led the whole nineties in three point percentage at forty five point seven percent. So that's all you need to know. Both guys, both guys are on 6'2", 6'3", point guard, shooting guard, heady players. 
Just just go with Seth Curry. Come on, Matt Thomas. He's probably played less than 500 minutes this season. But but I want I want to be stubborn and stay with Matt Thomas, especially after I saw the way that you guys react to it. Matt Thomas has played 321 minutes this season. For, so, for what so. it's worth, for what it's worth, the uh, the written version of this article also has Seth Curry. So again, echoing what Alex said, don't just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. I, whoa whoa. Yeah. Use the kiss. <laughs> use use the kiss formula there. Uh, two names that that I that I thought of other than uh, Seth Curry. Uh, is and and this one's a little bit of a, not a, not a huge stretch, but a little bit of a stretch. But at this point in his career, Kyle Korver, I thought about, but he's a lot bigger than than Kerr, uh, and and probably doesn't have the handle that Kerr has. And then the other name is Duncan Robinson, the the, the rookie out in in uh in in Miami right now, who is you know a sharpshooter and probably doesn't have much else to his game other than than that at this moment. Eight six eight. Yeah, Duncan Robinson's a big dude, yeah, and uh, he legit plays power forward, small forward for them. And he he's he's having a historic season in his own right when you factor in how well he's shooting from threes in the volume. But um, so maybe from a production standpoint, if you look at it from that, maybe. But I think you know the height difference is is a big a big thing there. So Novik, you're the only one left with a with a uh, cross card. Are you gonna use it here? You're gonna go with Matt Thomas, Scott. You're not sticking with Curry. I guess I guess I'll have to use. It. I wanted to use it on Kukoc, but. Let's uh, let's trump trump it with with Seth trump it with Seth Curry. This is beautiful. I vote for that. I vote yeah, I vote Seth for Curry. that as well. Seth Curry as well. Uh, here we go. Here is the uh, actually. You know what? I'm going to take my vote back. I'm taking my vote back because I want you to keep your your uh, your trump card just in case you're not impressed with my Tony Kukoc comparison, which is up next. So I'm taking that vote back, and uh, unfortunately for us, uh, Steve Kerr is going to have to be. <laughs> Steve, That's right. Steve Kerr is Matt going Thomas. to have to be wow. Matt Thomas. Uh, so, so Tony Kukoc is up next. I had Tony Kukoc, and I'll be honest with you guys, I I had I had trouble here. Uh, actually, thinking of a comparison, uh, and Micah has one. I didn't read your article, by the way, just on purpose, so I didn't go in there. I'm going in there blindly without knowing who you actually picked, because you said there's only one right answer. There's yeah, only one right answer, and it's spot. It's spot on. It's so spot on that uh, the article itself. I list like three to five contenders for all of them. He's the only name in this section because there's no one else that's remotely as spot on as this guy. So this is but who you I, go I ahead. hope it's the you same guy. I hope so too. This is who I thought of, uh, and I and I guarantee you it's not. But this is who I thought of uh, while while uh, thinking about Tony Kukoc. I actually thought about Luka Doncic. Uh, off the off the start, um, you know, comparing you know the the the, the two guys, the size, the playmaking ability. Uh, Draymond Green actually came to mind as well. The same thing, size, uh, playmaking ability. Uh, but I landed on Paul Millsap. What? Paul what? Millsap <laughs> is who I'm going with. That ain't it. That Paul Millsap. That's, that's worse than you're Matt talking Thomas. about a guy. <laughs> Talking about a guy who is uh, a, a good defender, playmaker, could put the ball in the basket at size, can handle. Paul Millsap is who I'm going with. That's that's definitely but not they're the completely right. Answer. Different, completely they're completely different, different players. Different players. In every aspect of the game. What do you mean? I mean Tony. Tony was a six ten guy with guard skills who distributed. Paul Millsap is a. Uh, 
is a pow- like a pure power forward who rebounds a hundred times better than Kukoc did. Is not a distributor at all. He is, and a way better defender. He he he's a he's a better passer than you think. His time in Atlanta, he, he was close to four assists a game. I think his career high is probably like three point six assists a game. I'd, I'd have to look it up, but all right, Kukoc just, was a five assist guy. The the answer's staring you right in the face. Okay. You you got you got a wing with some size. Right. You got somebody that's a lefty. You got somebody that's uh, a foreigner. You got somebody like that can stroke going. it. You got somebody that can that can handle. He's got some dimes. He can play some defense if you ask him to. It's Joe Ingles. Yes, that's exactly who I had. It's He's only so Joe Ingles. On There's nobody else. There's like you could throw out like Gordon Hayward, or Justice Winslow, or. Whoever, it's Joe Ingles, and there's nobody else. I didn't even think about Joe Ingles. You're right. I, I'm wrong. You're right. Joe Ingles is the guy. I actually thought about Gordon Hayward as well, um, but I wanted to. I wanted to go outside the box. It was it, my my whole thing was to not fall in the trap of just going with because he's a white European, just falling in love with some other white foreigner guy. Like I like it'd be like every time there's a draft comparison, if there's a big white guy out of Europe, he automatically has to be like Nicholas Skidishvili or or Andrea <laughs> Bargnani. So I tried to think outside Dirt, the box. Fair. Or Dirk, yeah. I tried to think outside the box and, and go with someone that uh had a, a little bit of similar game and numbers uh at their peak and I ended up on Millsap. But you're right, Joe Ingles Joe Ingles should be the guy. Uh Kraus card I'm putting out Joe Ingles. Although Hayward was better than Millsap. Hayward was going, but I'm putting out I'm putting out Ingles. I know we got two votes. Boom, you got mine. Scott, Ingles you gotta chime vote. in here on, on your boy Tony Kukoc. I- Ingles gets my vote too. I agree. So that that concludes our uh our our eight man roundup. So we have Michael Jordan is Kawhi Leonard. Luke Longley ends up being Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez. Scotty Pippen is still Paul George, correct? Correct. correct. Ron Harper is Andre Iguodala. Dennis, Rod- Dennis Rodman, Jordan Bell. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Draymond. We Dray- Trump carded That's him. right. Dray- we trumped it. We trumped Draymond Green, but he was on, at first do Jordan Bell. Steve Kerr is Matt Thomas. Tony yeah, Kukoc, Joe Ingles, and Billy Weddington is uh, Enos Cantor. Uh, there are other players on the 97-98 team, probably even more important than Billy Wellington was. So, uh, Michael, why don't you tell us who you have in your article on NBA.com with the, uh, with the comparisons to the rest of the 97-98 Bulls roster? Uh, well, the guy that we should have talked about instead of Bill Wennington <laughs> is is definitely Scott Burrell, who played uh, was the, was certainly the eighth man on that team. Got some got some pretty serious, well, maybe not serious. Got he got some good burn. He's a legit rotation guy. Uh, I went with Alec Burks as uh, as the new Scott Burrell. That's all right. Okay, not mad at it. Fit, it fits. The, uh, it fits. And then it's it's funny. I love that Jordan. I, I love that Jordan Bell's name came up from Scott because Jordan Bell is also somebody that I had picked. Uh, but unlike the completely disrespectful uh, nature in which Scott threw his name embarrassingly out for Dennis Rodman, uh, Jordan <laughs> Bell. Jordan Bell is the Dickie Simpkins of this team. Uh, the exact same age and also. Dickie Simpkins ranked 135th among forwards and win shares in the 97-98 season. Care to guess what Jordan Bell ranked? 134. Also 135th. 
same style of player, same exact stats, wow. same age, same position, same productivity, same age, uh, and not a seven-time all-defensive uh, champion and two-time defensive player of the year. <laughs> Moving on, Randy Brown. Slept on. Little, little backup point guard. Lovable. Uh, he's small. <laughs> could shoot a little bit. Wouldn't really necessarily play in big spots unless absolutely forced to. Which brings to mind another guy, kind of lovable, has played in some big spots only because he was forced to. Quinn Cook is the Randy Brown of the twenty of the uh, yeah of whatever whatever it is that we're doing here. I was I would I would trump there. Uh, when you thought when when I thought of small, lovable point guards, the first guy that came to my mind was JJ Barrera. Okay, I don't hate that. I'm I'm gonna use my Kraus card for that just because Mike has been hating on my uh, Jordan <laughs> Bell comparison so much. So you using the Kraus card, JJ Barea. Okay. <laughs> wait till the end. Wait till the meaningless bench scrubs. Wait, wait till the eleventh man, the second to last guy to use it. Sure. <laughs> wait, can we Kra- can we Kraus someone's Kraus card? Could I could I cross my uh, no because then we wouldn't so have, we enough, have John Bell you wouldn't have enough votes on to to to, okay. to make it go through. Uh, who's who's left? We only got one left. Judd Butchler, uh, <laughs> the the last man standing. I'm, I went with Ryan Brokoff. We got to get more Aussies on board. <laughs> a little bit of a shooter. Got some size. What you, you broke the rules because Brokoff is out of the league. I'm pretty sure he, he is out of the league. He is out of the league. So he didn't gotta, play this year at all. He did play a bit, but he, he, he did, and then he, he got away. That's it. Yeah. He well, away. he played this year, so he. I broke my own rule, but I don't care. I'm going with it. You can cross card me on Ryan Brokoff as Judd Butchler if you want. Who else, Scott? This is your chance, man. I, I just it. used my cross card. I just used it, JJ Barea. I'm, I used my I cross forgot. card. Well, who else would be Judd Butchler? If you had to think about it. This is Scott's. This is right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Who's an eleventh man that you know way too much about? That could shoot a little you, bit. Got decent size. Well, he's like six six. How have you taken this six, long seven? to say Luke Kennard? Don't do that to Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's nice. Don't do that. Do you want me to go solo on why Luke Kennard would average nah, twenty points a game back then? We don't need that. We definitely <laughs> we don't, don't need, need that. that. Uh, what There's nobody got? listening to this podcast right now that wants to hear that. <laughs> no, Luke Kennard or Luke Cornette, one of the two guys could have been uh, could have been Judd Bushler. They're still in the league, I'm sure. Um, this was fun. This is this was a ton of fun. Uh, head on over to NBA.com, read Micah's piece for the uh, full in depth team and roster breakdown in the '97 '98 Last Dance Bulls. Um, the comparisons to guys that are in the NBA currently, other than Ryan Brokeroff. Uh We'll be back <laughs> next week with. Uh, another podcast, another 90s edition, the top 15 players in the 90s. I, I can't wait for that. I, I honestly, I'm ready to pot about it right now, but I'll wait till next week because I'm excited to, uh, to break that. I had a, a tough time ranking some of these guys. Um, I think we're going to get into a deep discussion about David Robinson's rank on a lot of lists. And, and, and obviously we talked about, uh, you know, Detlef Shrimp. That's, I can't wait to get into Detlef Shrimp talk. Me neither. I'm excited. For uh, two very different reasons you guys are excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the number crunching will begin uh, on next podcast. Uh, that will come to you on this very feed NBA sound system. For Alex Novik, 
Scott Rafferty, Micah Adams, I'm Carlin Gay. We will see you next week with our top 15 players of the 1990s.